Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Great. Hey, it's a real uh, joy and honour this morning to have Morris Lee come and uh, share with us. Why don't you give Morris a huge hand as he comes? Morris, um, along with his wife, Roz, have been serving for over 40 years, the people of Southeast Asia. And that's a significant amount of time, 40 years, over 40 years. Yep. And yeah, it is. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's more than I am old. Oh. So <laughs> sorry so, to point that out. Uh, um, I, I remember your mother and father. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So do I. Yeah, good. Um, um, but, but Morris has been significant in a number of uh, ways. Uh, two significant ones I want to point out this morning. One with a, a Bible translation project, translating the Bible into a native tongue so that more people can open the Bible and read it for themselves. Really significant. And through the work of symbiosis, uh, enabling and empowering uh, the poorest of the poor uh, to gather together and uh, raise money for a sustainable life. And uh, I know every time I spend time with Morris, I learn something new. Uh, Morris has a real gift for teaching, uh, a real gift for knowledge, and uh, we're really blessed and honoured. One, to have you part of this church, part of Gateway Beyond, and also we're really gifted, uh, uh, honoured to have you come and share with us this morning. So why don't you give Morris another huge hand as he comes to preach this morning. Well, thank you, uh, Andrew, for that uh, introduction. Uh, last time I was here on this platform, which was a bit over a year ago, I had no voice. Uh, so, and I couldn't talk. Uh, I lost it. Uh, and that's difficult for me because I'm a talker. And I noticed that on this thing there's a, a, a clock up there and I, I'm a bit afraid that there's a trap door underneath. And uh, as a storyteller, storytellers often just, you know, uh, tell too many stories. Uh, 90 years <clears throat> of Gateway. That's a significant period of time. Uh, this church, which grew out of uh, Greenslopes Church, Holland Park, 90 years of witness to people within this community. It is important to remember our past. It is important to celebrate those good things in our past, but also to be looking forward to the future. When we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we remember what Jesus did, but we also look forward to the day that he comes. And when we gather together here in worship, when we gather together here as a church, we not only do it for our own spiritual needs, but also for the needs uh, of those who are part of the body, but we are also part of God's greater purpose. Fifty years ago, for me, uh, it's a very significant year, because 50 years ago, I... Uh, committed my life to Jesus. It was at a camp in which I was challenged. I was challenged, what was I going to do with my life? 
Was I just going to live it uh, for myself or was I going to commit my life to Jesus? I have here in my pocket a little notebook. This notebook is important to me because when I was about 12, 13, uh, I began to take notes. I began to read the Bible for myself and take notes. And uh, some of those are in this little book. And I keep it because it's important to remember our journey. But 50 years ago, I was about to study agriculture and God spoke to me. And I said, yes. I responded to the call of Jesus. It, 50 years ago, began for me a pilgrimage in which I have come to learn more and more about what it is to follow Jesus. The, the song, one of the songs we sang this morning, has a special meaning for me because it says, when, I was in the, when we were in the womb, God called us. And it's true. I went and studied agriculture. And uh, uh, I often say to people that uh, an agricultural college, uh, it's about culture and agro, with the emphasis on the agro. And uh, uh, that place was my first major cross-cultural experience. But it was there <laughs> that I began to learn to witness as even as a flawed individual to others about Jesus. And while there, that I was called to cross-cultural ministry, to work in a different culture. When I responded to that call, I conveyed it to my parents. My father was not happy. He was, uh, he was I would say, very, very disappointed. He was a builder. And I'm sure he thought that maybe I would take over the building, uh, his, his business. My mother was very supportive. I applied and uh, was accepted to go and work in South Asia. I call it South Asia. I, uh, uh, it is the single largest uh, ethnic group of Muslims in the world. And I was called to go there. About a week before I was due to go, my mother sat me down and she said to me these words. She said, you know, I've always supported you in what you have wanted to do. And I said, yes, mum. She said, uh, the reason is because before you were born, I was told that I would not have we would not have any children. But she said, I prayed and I asked God to give, give us a child and I would dedicate that child uh, to God's service. Now, I was sitting, I was, what, a couple of months off, 27 years of age. I was sitting in front of my mother, uh, just amazed. And she said, uh, so that's why I support you, because I believe that I dedicated you to God's service. Now, two things happened to me uh, in that conversation. One was, I was just 
blown away. Because you see, friends, God is at work in our lives often before we know it. And we need to hear God's voice and respond to it. The second thing that amazed me was my mother's wisdom at never telling me until that point. That I uh, then went to uh, serve in South Asia in cross-cultural mission. Now, cross-cultural mission is different. In the Bible, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we have actually the principles of how you do cross-cultural mission. This is Paul, who was really the first cross-cultural missionary by conviction in the early church. Even Jesus' disciples, even Jesus' disciples found it hard to relate to people of other cultures. To relate outside of your own culture is very difficult. And here are the principles. Paul, uh, under the power of the Holy Spirit, writes this. Though I am free from all people, I have made myself a slave to all that I might win them all. To the Jews I became as a Jew, in order to win the Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being without law toward God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that by all means I might save some. You see, (laughs) here is cross-cultural mission. In going beyond, we look out beyond ourselves, beyond just our own needs. Jesus said that uh, before the end comes, the good news must be preached to all people groups, to all ethnic groups, to all languages, in the book of Revelation, it says there that, uh, that uh, before the throne of God and the Lamb, there will stand all language groups, all ethnic groups will stand before God. I have worked uh, for 41 years, as Andrew uh, pointed out, for uh, the cross-cultural uh, agency of Baptist churches in Australia, now called Global Interaction. It used to be called the Australian Baptist Missionary Society. And I've worked, and our aim is to empower communities to follow Christ in their own distinctive ways. Because you see, culture is so important. You know, one of the things, one of the most profound lessons of how seriously God takes culture is the person of Jesus. I have been reading, as I said, since a a young teenager, the Bible for myself. And I am continually encouraged and challenged by Jesus. And when I see that Jesus was nearly 30 before he began public ministry. So what was he doing? Well, we know at the age of 12, he uh, was in the temple Uh, and discussing with the leaders and the theologians of his society. And he spent at least three days there. But there's much about Jesus' early life we don't know. What was he doing? 
language, culture, how to relate to people in their situation. That is how serious God takes culture. When I had been in South Asia about uh, four years, I, uh, I was taking a Bible study uh, and I had a colleague, a local man, who had come to faith in Christ. And uh, he was a, uh, I had this privilege of working with him for many years. He died about six years ago. And uh, I regarded as a special privilege in my life of working with this man. But he could be brutally honest. I'd been in uh, the country about four years. I had devoted myself to language study. I'd given up my career. I'd, I'd left home. I'd thrown myself into language study. So I'd prepared this Bible study. And there was a group of men who were sitting, sitting on the floor and uh, I was... Uh, uh, giving this Bible study. My friend uh, was sitting on the ground. No, you couldn't call it sitting. He was almost lying on the ground. He was giving a, a good imitation of a narcoleptic. And uh, so he was sort of there. And, uh, when he'd finished, he got up and he said to me, ah, oh, well, I reckon they understood about 5% of that. I was devastated. I thought I've worked so hard. And his brutal honesty. Oh. 20 years later, I, the same gentleman, different uh, group of people were sitting around doing a, a Bible study and I was leading. And uh, at the end of the Bible study, he leaped, leapt up off where he was sitting and he said to me, you can communicate with our people. And I thought, Oh, I'm a bit thick, taking 25 years. <laughs> but you see, to communicate in the heart language of people is so vital. To communicate with them in ways that they can understand uh, from inside, when they can see that it's relevant. Most of the people that I have worked with uh, have, have, uh, are of the Islamic faith. And you see, in the past, in the history of relationships between uh, those who call themselves Christian and those who call themselves Muslim, that history has often been inglorious. So one of the ways that uh, in the past that people tried to approach uh, people of Islam was <laughs> through military force. So in the 11th, 12th, 13th century, you had the, the, the campaigns which were known as the Crusades. And so uh, the people of Europe, of Christendom, they sought to invade and subdue uh, the forces of Islam which were in the Middle East. But you know, that didn't work. And strange that, uh, just for a while did the crusaders occupy uh, Jerusalem and some of the other holy sites, <clears throat> but it didn't work. And it's not hard to figure out why. A, uh, Jesus said, love your enemies. So, <laughs> you know, how do you fight a war in Jesus' name? That's, that, that, that really uh, 
you know, mystifies me. How do you fight a war in the name of Jesus? Those who are followers of Jesus, okay, you know, I'm not, I'm not a pacifist, uh, but I refuse to say that I can fight a war in the name of Jesus. Wars are not about uh, compassion. So how can you fight a war in the name of Jesus? So militarily, uh, they weren't successful. The other means by which we addressed or sought to address uh, those who were within Islam was by argument, proving that our religion is better than their religion. And boy, oh, uh, you can get books on this. You can go to Christian bookstores and there's books on it showing how Christianity is better than Islam and what are the faults with Islam. And you can go to Muslim bookstores and find exactly the same except reversed. And I have never seen anyone of that faith one to Christ just by argument. Now, uh, reasoning and, uh, and, and talking with people about issues is important, but it never works. Jesus didn't say, go into all the world and argue. He didn't say that. Jesus said, go and be witnesses. Witnesses through your life. Witnesses through uh, your relationships. Now, uh, what we have tried to do over the last uh, uh, 35 years is not batter down, not argue against people, but establish relationships with people such that through those relationships, we can share the essential message of Jesus. I was in, a, in the country uh, early last year, and I was at a meeting, and uh, there were two foreigners, myself and one of my colleagues. <clears throat> Both of us have been serving in that country uh, for the same amount of time. He's actually an American who was seconded to work with Australians. And so he and I uh, have been through so many, so many experiences together. Uh, we both speak the language. And we were sitting in this meeting and uh, the, um, uh, all the people there were speaking in that language. And as they spoke, it seemed as if they ignored the fact that the two foreigners were there, partly because we've known them for so long. And as they were talking amongst themselves, they said this, unless the missionaries had come, we would not have come to know about God's grace in Jesus we would not come to know about God's love that's the, that is present in Jesus. We would have known about a religion of rules and sought to follow rules. But we have come to know that in Jesus that there is God's love. Now for me, that was uh, <laughs> you know, a tremendously heartwarming experience. To know that because you were there, because 
you and others have been there and others have been praying that people who would not have a chance to hear about God's love in Jesus, that you have, that, that they have come to faith. And that's, uh, that's what uh, we saw. I, I think of that man that I spoke about before who was brutally honest, but I learned so much from him. And he had an amazing understanding of the grace of God coming from a religion of rules. And he knew the grace of God. And he would say to me, we love you missionaries, but we don't want to hear about your Western Jesus. We want to hear about the Jesus of the East, the Jesus of the Bible. That's what we want to hear about. We don't want to hear about how you do things in Australia. We want to hear about what Jesus has to say to us here. And I saw that man used uh, so many times. I've seen others who have come to faith and then led others of their family to faith. And that happens because together we go and share the message of Jesus. The, the purpose of God's people is not just to live for ourselves. The purpose of God's people is to serve God, to serve one another, and to serve God's greater purpose. Jesus' purpose of sharing uh, the good news of people throughout the world. I've had the privilege of being gifted for cross-cultural missions. How do I know? Well, uh, I learn language. I'm a mimic. So therefore, uh, I learn language. And I loved uh, the struggle of learning another language, of learning to explore what it's like, what that world is like. And then to begin to see how the message of the Bible applies to that, to their world and seek to walk with them in ways that they begin to see how a, a new perspective on the Bible. Because you see, from the West, you bring one perspective, but someone from another culture brings another perspective. And it's, it's, uh, when you understand that, it's, it's, a, it's wonderful. You know, you think of, you see a scene from here, but if you go over there and look at it from that direction, it looks a little bit different. It's the same. And that's, what, uh, uh, that's part of what God gifted uh, me for. All of us are witnesses and missionaries in our own society. But those whom God calls for cross-cultural mission, they need uh, to be identified they need to respond to that call because Jesus wants them to be instruments to take it, that message to people who as yet have not heard. Uh, the Commonwealth Games. I watched a bit of the Commonwealth Games and they're uh, the javelin throwing. Amazing. These people, they race up, they almost have to stop and then they throw this thing. Some of them throw it 70, 80, 90 metres. But the javelin is a very simple implement. And there are two sections to it. 
There's the point, and there's the shaft. The point is just like that for cross-cultural mission. The point is where cross-cultural missionaries are, where it sticks in. But without the shaft, the point has no strength. The point is useless. Together, the point and the shaft, the shaft without the point, won't stick in, won't go as far. It's not as aerodynamic. But together, the point and the shaft mean it's effective. It goes further and it sticks in. And that's the task of cross-cultural mission. Most people are not at the pointy end in cross-cultural mission. Most people are in the shaft, providing the weight, the balance, the support, the prayer. And without that, cross-cultural mission doesn't happen. I know it. I know it by experience. I know how hard it is. I know what support is necessary for people to, to be effective. And that without that support, without long-term commitment, that, that people uh, just don't get to know. Jesus spent 30 years in preparation. He was sinless and very bright. And that is how seriously God takes the issue of culture and language. As we commit together, those who are the cross-cultural workers, those who uh, feel God is calling them uh, to that task, those who can't rest unless they are involved in it. But most of us are part of the shaft which supports them. This morning, I want to ask, uh, I want to ask you, will you be part of that support? Gateways Going Beyond program is a really significant part of this church's life. Through it, people in all sorts of societies, including the one in which I work, among, work in, are able to hear about Jesus. You saw uh, Anna and Ryan and their work in Africa and other parts of the world where the Going Beyond team are working. You, as part of this church, are part of that shaft. There are some here even this morning, perhaps who uh, want to or need to be at the pointy end. I'll ask the musicians uh, if they could... Uh, come up, but what I'm going to ask is what involvement are you going to have? I'm going to ask first that if you're prepared to be part of that support team, then you stand. We all, that, that, that we stand and signify that you are part of the shaft. But for those, maybe God is calling you to be at the pointy end. And as people stand, 
And I'm going to ask those who feel that they need to be at the pointy end, that if they'd come to the front where we can meet with you and pray with you and begin a journey of discovery as to whether this is God's calling for you. It took me uh, at least five years to figure out that it was that I really was called to cross-cultural mission. There was a lot of pain in that. But once I found it, then I knew that this was God's gifting for me. And that through that, and with the support of the shaft, others in another culture, in another country, have come to know about Jesus. Have come to know the Jesus that I found 50 years ago. So I'm going to ask now that if you want to be part of the shaft, that you stand and that you indicate that I am part of this. I am part of sharing the good news of Jesus in cultures that maybe as yet have not heard about him. So if you feel called to that, I want you to stand. Now, if you believe or are feeling stirring in your heart that God wants me at the pointy end, <laughs> I'm going to ask you to come down to the front where uh, there are people here who can pray with you and begin the journey because it is a journey. Coming down to the front is only an indication. It may be you've done it before. It may be you're on that track or maybe it's the first time. But you see, it's a journey and we, you need to begin that journey. So if God is calling anyone, then I, I, I ask you to come down to the front. And let's begin our worship as we, uh, can res as we respond to God's out in a village area and I saw many women and they were wearing uh, full length black garments and I wondered why so many of these young women in this area were wearing this full length garment and I came to know it was because that there was lots and lots of money being given by uh, oil rich Gulf states uh, to a theological institution uh, teaching uh, a fundamentalist Islam within that area. And I said to my friend who I was with, I said, what's happened here? And he said, this is happening because of all this money that's coming in. And I was, I was deeply moved and hurt to think that what was happening and I felt convicted that it is through people who are committed to Jesus 
We don't need lots of money like the oil rich states. We just need the people who are committed to what Jesus wants them to do. Ours is a message not of oppression, but ours is a message of liberation, of love and of compassion. And we need to be committed to that as God's people. Let's pray. Let me pray for you all. Our Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus, that through him, that we have peace with you, that we know your acceptance. We know that even as sinners, that you love us with all our faults, with all our failings, that you still love us that Jesus died for us and rose again and he's coming again and one day we will stand before him. Father, I pray for us. I pray for this church, for all who are here, all those who have indicated that they are part of this task. And Lord, those who feel that perhaps in their hearts that you are stirring them to be at the pointy end, I pray, Father, that you would help them on this journey to know uh, your purposes. Lord, I ask all this in the name of Jesus, our Saviour. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and everybody who walks through our doors is welcome. If you'd like to connect with us, please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au to find out more.